Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to yet again another fantastic indie creator interview. It's your Caper Sarah Cody, and we're keeping it geekly with our new guest, Tina Navrosky. We're here to break down her awesome brand new 2D animation feminist fan fantasy drama short film uh, based on the Warsaw mermaid legend called Sorenka. Excuse me. I just lost. Yeah, Sorenka, Legend of the Warsaw Mermaid, and everything in between. There it was. I got tongue tied. I tried to see. You are, like I said, I played Cuphead, got stuck on it. And when you when you uh, wanted to come on the show, I was like, you know, I'm going to do really good, take some notes here, but I might have taken a little too many. <laughs> yeah, no worries. So, welcome to the show, though. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. It's a very uh, rainy, cold day here in Canada. Spring is dragging its feet, but I'm very excited to be on the show. Very excited to talk about 2D animation, about Cuphead, about all the other projects I've worked on, and of course, about my passion project, which is my short film. Absolutely. You know, in Ohio here, it's rainy and gloomy too. It must just be that time of day where it's just rainy and gloomy right at the start of May. Uh, I don't know. Something about April showers bring May flowers. I haven't seen any out there yet. It's just mostly. I want been... the flowers though. It's May. <laughs> yes, like yes. I'm done with the showers. Where are the so, flowers? <laughs> so Tina, uh, we were talking backstage. If I'm not mistaken, you've been in the 2D animation industry since 2006. Uh, how'd you end up getting involved with creating uh, 2D animations? Uh, so I was uh, one of those like wacky kids that knew from the get-go what they wanted to do. I was like, this is, it's art, I'm gonna be an artist, I'm super serious about it by age eight. <laughs> you know, like I was like, this is it. I actually forced my mom to go to model drawing with me when I was like 10 years old. And because you're drawing naked people, they're like, oh, a child can go. So my mom had to like sign a thing and be in the room with me while I drew the model <laughs> uh, because I was that uh, dedicated. But I started in realism, I loved traditional media, I loved oil painting, I loved pastels. But then I went, um, I finished high school, I went and I did a three-year program, which is not like a bachelor, it's not any kind of actual, you know, piece of paper. It's, they're called, you know, um, tech certificates. So if you want to be a plumber, an electrician, or in this case, it was an illustrator, you can take a three-year program, it's very affordable, and it's kind of a college-type program. And so I did that. And it was called Illustration and Design. So it had a lot of, like, this is the first time I learned digital stuff. I did Photoshop for the first time. Uh, I learned there's more than just, you know, the traditional mediums. But they had, like, one itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny little animation course in there. Mm -hmm. And another one of my passions is theater. So I love being in front of audiences. I love making people laugh. I actually wanted to be a theater actress for a long time growing up. And then animation came around and I was like, holy hell, this is drawing <laughs> and acting all in one. And so I, I had this like, you know, like there was a supernova of light and I realized that this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. So I finished that course and I started working right away. I got um, work in the video game industry because I grew up in Montreal, Canada, which if you don't know is Mecca for video games in Canada. There's so many video game companies. And I didn't play games a lot. I still don't. And so my first question was like, what's a console? <laughs> I, I had no idea. Um, but I loved working uh, with my colleagues. I worked on some small, little tiny games. But then I started getting promoted too much. And I don't know if anybody else had this experience where the promotions like take you away from the art. You start going to too many meetings, you talk with clients and you're not actually animating. Uh, so I tried to flip a table. Um, they're kind of stuck to the ground, so that didn't work out. But I quit my <laughs> <laughs> I quit my job, 
And I moved to Toronto and I went back to school as a mature student. So I had been working for eight years at that point. Mm -hmm. I went um, and I studied at Sheridan um, for animation. It's a four-year program. I only did two years. So I, I'm a, a constant school dropout. I dropped out of so many animation schools. But when I was back there, I had a very like specific goal. I love 2D animation. Mm -hmm. And when I started doing it, you know, working in the industry, there was this huge shift towards 3D. Everybody said, stop it. You have to learn 3D. 2D is dead. You know, if you want to pay your bills, if you want to work in the industry, you have to learn 3D. And I was like, okay. So I gave it a try. And I'm like, no, I can't do this. This is not me. <laughs> like, this is just, just and I don't know, there's something so magical about like the human hand and the drawing that's moving. And it like, that just makes me so excited. It's not that mm -hmm. I don't like 3D animation, it's lovely, but I'm just a 2D animator. And so I ignored everybody. And against my better judgment, I pursued 2D animation, even at Sheridan. I did all my work on paper. And then after two years, I didn't know what to do next. And Studio MDHR got in touch with me oh, because wow. I had this little shitty blog that had all my <laughs> animations on it and they're like wow you do paper animation do you want to do a test for this project called cuphead and i had already seen a trailer for cuphead at that point before and i was like oh my god yes and so i made the flying waffle you know the waffle in baroness von von von's mm -hmm. level that's my very first animation for cuphead i hate that um, boss that's the one we were talking <laughs> about stage that's the one that keeps choking me up every time it explodes it hits me i can't dodge fast enough <laughs> i love that guy though <laughs> So, um, so that was my first animation and then uh, a whole 2D journey started and I have to say I've been so lucky because of my time with MDHR um, and I think there's like this resurgence mm -hmm. of love for 2D animation and so I've managed to stick to my guns and stick to doing beautiful frame-by-frame hand-drawn animation uh, for the for the rest of my career and the goal is to keep doing it till I'm like 90 something and I like die with like a pencil in my hand. <laughs> I was an okay animator and that's the goal. I, I love it. And you know, I, I, I love the fact that, you know, in the beginning you were going to so many meetings, uh, you know, that, that meant that you were obviously hitting where you wanted to be, but that took you away from the love of animating. So you quit. I think that is so awesome. And that is, that, that, that's, that's something that shows just how much love and passion you have for this. I mean, what goes into like drawing a picture and then making it animated? That just seems like such a hard thing to do. Oh, it is. And so I think that's one of the reasons why I stuck to it because you know, there's so much stuff you're thinking about when you're creating animation, whether it's stop motion, 3D, 2D, you have acting, you have timing, you have pacing. If you have dialogue, you have the lip sync. There's a lot of problems that you need to solve just on that level. But with 2D, you also need to draw good. <laughs> like, so there's, there's that like extra level of skill that's needed for it. Mm -hmm. And so the reason I stuck to 2D was saying that if I'm going to be an animator, 2D, I think, is the hardest because you have to also be able to draw really well. So worst case scenario, I'll just be a good animator and I'll use the skills that I, I use in 2D and, and you know put it into another form of animation. So for me, it's a very step-by-step -step process, especially when I'm doing it you know the old school way. So I have my, my animation desk right here with like a bunch of Cuphead figurines. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> but when I do it the old school way, so on paper, you can't, you know, you don't have an undo button. You have to kind of know where you're going. So usually I try and plan out my animation way in advance. I do reference footage using myself. 
I draw little thumbnails, which I call shit sketches, which is like the teeny tiny sketches showing like main key poses of the animation. I then, you know, like act it out. I do more thumbnails looking at my reference footage. And then I start doing very rough key poses. And so those mm -hmm. are the storytelling poses. The poses are going to tell the whole action. There's only a few of them. I keep it very rough, simple shapes. You scan that in and then you put it on a timeline to see, you know, when those moments are going to be hit. And if that's moving nicely, then you start with breakdowns, which is the, the drawing between the two keys. It's called the breakdown. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you start in betweening, which is all the drawings that go between those those drawings. And I go into phases. I start very rough, so simple shapes, no details, just beautiful movement. I focus on the line of action, so that's that beautiful line that's like flowing through the character, showing the energy of a pose. And then it's all like circles and squares and like like little stick figure looking things. And wow. then if that's working good, I add volume. And if that's working good, I'll add like 3D perspective rotations on the like chest and on the hips. And if that's nice, then I start hair and clothing. And then on top of all that, then you start doing all the pretty details. So it's a, a few passes. It takes a lot of time. <laughs> So for something such as like Cuphead, where you have so much going on, and there's, I think in the the boss level you did, there was uh, four different bosses uh, that rotated. Bosses? Oh my goodness, how many was there? So there's also the jelly beans. So you have the waffle. The With the knife, beans. I loved it. Yeah, the, the jelly beans, you have the gumball machine that goes mm -hmm. back and forth. You have the big peppermint, so that's five. The castle itself is an enemy, so that's six. Um, yeah, and then uh, did I see the waffle. I forget. So there's quite a few mini bosses in there. There's a, there's a lot going on, but you you do them all individually. You don't try and do yeah it all yeah at once. yeah. So <laughs> like, I, I was gonna, I was gonna say like how many how many pages uh, would you say like was one boss's like rotation? And I know each one was probably a little bit different here and there, but just to kind of give a, us an idea of like how much work went into it. Oh, I have no idea. I could tell you how many drawings I did in total for Cuphead. I did over nine thousand drawings. Wow! <laughs> so, uh, I didn't calculate every character individually, but I did calculate how many drawings I did in the end. So something like nine thousand five hundred something drawings. So wow, that is that's remarkable. And I mean, because you're detailing every part of that, right? Where they're circling the screen, when they're taking damage, when they're exploding. Oh yeah, uh, every in video games was really fun, and this is exciting if you've worked on different uh, parts of the industry. And I've kind of been roping in some animators that I met on, you know, film projects and mm -hmm. TV projects to try video games. And it's a lot of body mechanics. So you do all the really fun kind of walks, runs, jumps, but then you get like cool attacks. And then, of course, you get to kill your character, which is always <laughs> the exciting part. We have uh, Dr. Hino419 joining us over on YouTube saying afternoon, y'all. Welcome to the stream. I hope you're having a fantastic time. Now, video games aren't the only thing you've worked on. Uh, you've worked on Green Eggs and Ham, as well as the new Space Space uh, new Space Jam movie as well on Netflix. How is it making that transition from video games to film? Oh, it was interesting because, um, so as I said, video games is a lot of body mechanics. It's a lot of action. Like you're doing, you know, very kind of, um, and usually, especially in Cuphead, most of the characters that you're animating are angry all the time because <laughs> yeah. we're upset at Cuphead and Mugman. And so you're, uh, you're, you know, you have one emotion that is kind of key there. So my hope to become a very good animator was to also do some more acting scenes. And the first kind of transition between video games and going into film was I did a very awesome little animated short 
uh, for Brian Kessinger. And if you don't know who he is, you should definitely have him as a guest because there is no more geeky, amazing guy out there. He's a huge <laughs> Star Wars fan. Uh, he's an incredible artist. He's done the comic strips, Lil' Kylo Ren. I don't know if you know that one where it's like little Kylo Ren as like a kind of a Calvin and Hobbes style. Okay, no, I've seen that. He did that? Yeah, Brian Kessinger, everyone. Go check him out. Um, so Brian reached out to me and he had this little passion project that he wanted to do, which was a short animated film featuring one of his characters, which is called Jasper J. Pumpkinhead. And Jasper is a scarecrow with a head as a pumpkin. And he had done all the storyboards and he had created the film uh, the script for the film and so i started animating uh that film for him and it's all it's a kind of a silent film so jasper doesn't actually speak so again it's a lot of uh you know body mechanics however there's emotion jasper goes through a lot of different emotions in the film so it's a great uh chance to practice that and also just to work on storytelling and to work on an independent film that's a passion project it was amazing so that actually all the animation's done but Brian needs to organize, you know, the backgrounds, the cleanup and doing my own short film now, I know how much it takes to get all <laughs> of that off the ground. So I'm wishing him the best of luck and I hope we could see Jasper uh, sometime soon to see the whole finished film. But after I did that, I got contacted by Yauza Animation in Toronto and they were working on Green Eggs and Ham, which is a beautiful TV show. and. It's just so glorious to see a TV show want to do full-on feature style, beautiful frame-by-frame -frame animation. I mean, mm -hmm. it's absolutely gorgeous. It's on Netflix. You should check it out for season one and two. I worked on season two with Yauza and I had an amazing director and it was just a real, real incredible time. I was still working actually on Cuphead DLC at the time and I would do, you know, a shot here and there. Uh, for Yauza, and then at some point I, I switched to full-time uh, doing Green Eggs and Ham. And then when that was complete, I met some people who, who got to know me, and I got a, a leg in to work on Space Jam, A New Legacy, which was Let's super exciting. It was my first feature, so that was really great. Um, and it's funny because we were talking about how games have all these cycles, walk cycles, run cycles. I got to animate a shot where um, Bugs Bunny is telling the story of how all the tunes left. Mm -hmm. And they're all in a line getting on the spaceship and it's 27 characters. It's a two second shot, 27 characters walking away in perspective. I got to animate that. Let's go. That's <laughs> awesome too. I got to animate too. all 27 characters walking and that was my claim to fame. Three weeks worth of work for two seconds of animation. <laughs> <laughs> How did it feel though? I mean, Space Jam is like one of those pivotal movies you see as a kid that just grows with you throughout the years. And to be working on the new one that is going to be with the new generation of children growing up, that has to be such an awesome feeling. It's a full cycle, isn't it? Like, because, you know, we were all such fans growing up of Space mm -hmm. Jam. The soundtrack was so good. You yes, know? Like, yes. <laughs> had it on, on like uh, cassette tape. And we would listen to it in the car. I remember we went on a road trip uh, as a kid with my family. And I think we listened to the Space Jam uh, soundtrack on loop for like the entire trip. I remember the, the toys. The toys were so cool looking. All of it. It was it was such an iconic film. And, you know, the Looney Tunes is just something that everybody knows and loves. And so being able to say officially that, you know, I... I've touched with my pencil um, actual Looney Tunes characters was a huge highlight and I'm super proud I was part of it. And I'm so happy that, you know, the whole franchise of Space Jam has like this new rebirth for a new generation of kids. 
Absolutely. Now, now that you've worked with several other companies, what's it feel like to begin work on your own new 2D animated film? I mean, that has to be, and this is a personal one too, if I'm not mistaken, something that's been told within your family for years. Yeah, so it's, a, it's one of those passion projects that a lot of us have that's on the shelf and we keep coming back to it, but we never know when to do it. And I think part of the problem is um, I was waiting to be a good animator. I was like, okay, I'll do this, but when I'm good enough, you know, like, cause I, I want to do the story justice. And I thought about it 10 years ago and I was like, okay, you know, when I'm good enough, when I'm good enough. And at some point I was like, you know what? I'll never be good enough for my own standard. Um, as I said, I'll probably be good enough at 90 when I like cross my, <laughs> my chest. So I was like, I have to, I have to take a stand and do it now. So I've decided that this is the year I'm going to do it. I'm still working freelance. I'm working for two awesome video game companies. Uh, one of them is called Petty Karma, which is doing an incredible game, which I can't share much about yet, but hopefully in the coming year, there'll be an awesome trailer and I could scream um, on top of roofs about it. It's a really great project. <laughs> and I'm also working for another Montreal company called Woodrunner Games. In the meantime, though, I decided that this is the year I'm going to start pre-production. I'm going to get going. And there are several reasons that I decided that this is the year. Uh, but mostly you can't keep putting it off. You have to just do it at some point, right? So, mm -hmm. yes. And it, it was, I think, the, the most delightful part so far has been uh, choosing the team that I work with. Um, and this is something that's very important to me. The, the film actually has a feminist message. So the original legend of the Warsaw Mermaid, if you Google it, it's a very, uh, you know, very stereotypical kind of legend, very uh, damsel in distress gets saved by dudes <laughs> story. And that's kind of it, which I always thought was like questionable because the mermaid herself is a warrior mermaid. She has yeah. a shield and a sword and she looks so damn powerful. I'm like, why would she need help? <laughs> you know, why, would, why wouldn't she defend herself or, you know, for... For the hell of it. So mm -hmm. uh, my mom told me uh, a slightly different version growing up than the, I guess, the original one. Maybe it just like through like oral retelling, it got shaped into something else. And so I was told a different version. And then when I'm telling my version, I'm even kind of building on that. So it's, it's not, it has several key elements that the original legend has, but it's my own retelling. And through like a feminist lens, I would say, um, Warrior Mermaid is a lot more powerful in my story than she is in the original tale. Absolutely. And in order to tell this uh, story, I decided that um, having worked in video games, I, I think this will be a shocker to everybody. Um, most of the teams I worked on were primarily a lot of men. <laughs> um, it's changing now. I'm so excited. Oh my God, there's so many amazing young women who are excited about video games, who are just coming into the industry. But I've been working for 16 years now, and this is only the last few years that I'm seeing the change. So most of my experience has been male-dominated teams. And Serenka is a story about female empowerment. So I'm like, I want, you know, to have like a woman X centric team. So, you know, women, but also anybody who identifies as female or gender fluid, whatever have you. But I want their voices to be the focus, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think, you know, in today's, you know, today's society, we are making leaps and bounds to, to making the workforce more equal. But it seems like we're repealing a lot of rights in that same in that same sword swift like it seems like while we're making leaps and bounds of one area we're going back to the stone age and others oh my god and this is why i was like this film has to be made now so my film has uh, a message about 
women's rights, about equality, about standing up for abuse and, you know, fighting back. And in, you know, many places in the world, as you said, it's absolutely mm -hmm. depressing. We're going back to the Stone Age. So obviously, uh, you know, the overturning of Roe versus Wade and uh, my, you know, I'm a Polish immigrant. This is why I'm telling a Polish legend. In my country, there is also a huge struggle when it comes to women fighting for bodily autonomy and kind of reverting some of the amazing progress that has been made over the years when it comes to human rights and equality in general. And so I think that as artists, um, obviously we love to entertain, we love to make people laugh in animation, but sometimes it's important to do something a bit more, you know, serious and activist mm -hmm. kind of act of creation when it comes to this film. So it means a lot to me on many different levels. It means a lot to me because it's my own. It means a lot to me because it's about my heritage. But it also means a lot to me because it's my way of fighting for human rights. And you never know who's going to watch and feel empowered when they see it, you know? And hopefully inspire uh, young artists, you know, as well, and young women artists uh, to, to go out there and pursue their dreams of 2D animation or storytelling, whatever it is they want to do. And I think that's also extremely important to kind of be that, like, especially, oh my God, I'm sure you've, like, discussed this at TDM. AI is terrifying when it comes to taking over <laughs> what we're doing. And I think the difference between something that's computer generated and something touched by the human hand is the experience, the heart, the message that goes behind it. And I think now more than ever, we need to uplift each other as human artists and human creators and support each other. And that's why I'm hoping my crowdfunding campaign will reach a lot of hearts and, uh, you know, people will want to support not only beautiful, hand-drawn, traditional animation that's done the old-fashioned way on paper, but just, you know, the fact that human creators are doing something with a message, are doing something from their own experience, are doing something with emotion. And that's what art is. <laughs> and yeah, that's what yeah. we need to support. No, absolutely. I think right now would be a perfect time for us to segue over to the Indiegogo campaign and check out what all the hype is about. Give me one second and we're going to pull it up right here. I'm so and excited. It took a lot of work to get this off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> for everyone that is watching, we're going to be dropping the link in chat as well. We would love for you to check it out with us and back. If you're unable to back it, though, simply putting this on Facebook and Twitter, anywhere you could post a link would help just as much. Word of mouth is 100% free. And telling friends and family about it is just as important. You know, this has a really important message behind it. And you have someone in your life who would love to see this. I, I can guarantee that. Like, you know, for, for the woman in your life or any, any, anybody in your life. And if but, you love mermaids, yes, <laughs> like, yes. just if you love mermaids, go for it. Share, share the hell out of this campaign. So as I said, you know, not everybody, especially, you know, young artists don't have the means to support campaigns monetarily. As you said, sharing it is free, telling your friends about it. And one day, if you go to Starbucks and you decide to buy a coffee, maybe think I'll buy a coffee tomorrow and give me the $5 mm -hmm. so that I can make this film. It's important. It's so exciting to see, uh, you know, new people check it out and talk about it. And as I said, you know, artists need to support artists. We need to all support each other, uplift each other so that more beautiful, independent, um, you know, films, independent comic books, independent books can be made and appreciated. Mm -hmm. uh, we have like, I don't know if you have this conversation, I'm sure you do, that uh, in the mainstream, there's so much repetition, there's so much redoing of the same thing. Uh, we're hungry for new content. We're hungry for new stories. And I think the way to get those new stories is through independent creatives. So Absolutely. Support.
absolutely i agree with you i because that's the thing uh independent uh creators aren't often they're not like you're not locked into any contract you're able to have that creative control over what you want to do and I mean, I think, you know, it's it's important to be able to do that, to be able to venture into your own ideas and not be, you know, not have to hold hold back, really just go for it. Uh, we are looking at Serenka, Legend of the Warsaw Mermaid, a hand-drawn 2D animation feminist fantasy drama short film based on the Warsaw Mermaid legend, currently at $6,541 of a $36,704 goal with 44 it's i'm so excited <laughs> let's go so how are you feeling is this your first campaign that you ever done ever it's so exciting and so i'm actually thrilled at 17 percent. i was really really excited about that um here's a little bit about the story you can check that out and if you scroll down i'll, I'll tell you um there's a little bit of you know i just introduced myself but here's about me with baroness von bon bon as a little you know blurb <laughs> and then i talk about traditional 2d animation while i why i love doing things the old-fashioned way on paper with pencils. And then here you have my glorious team coming up. Um, so a lot of these people are people who I've worked in the past. Some of them are family members. So uh, Professor Eva Navrosky, for example, my sister who studies human rights and history, uh, was a consultant on the script. And so was Dr. Bianca Boschmey, who is a friend that I've known since I was like, yay, hi. <laughs> and uh, she studies uh, feminism and she also specializes in, in black feminist studies, including how um, like activism is uh, happening through art. So she was an uh, instrumental person. And of course, the glorious script was written by another wonderful friend of mine, Zarin Darnell Martin, who is an actress. She she's in films, but she's also doing script writing. So she wrote the script. And then uh, first up is Felicity Moreland, who is my producer. Um, and she's a super exciting individual because she has a documentary film coming out this year mm -hmm. called Hand Drawn Film. And it's about the state of 2D animation in the world today. Um, oh, that's, so if that's you want to know, yeah, it's a good subject. <laughs> <laughs> so you should check it out. I was actually her first interview ever. That was like uh, my claim to fame on the film. But she interviewed the likes of James Baxter and Glenn Keane and Bill Plimpton and like amazing, amazing lights in the 2D animation world. So you should definitely check out Hand Drawn Film. And then the rest of the team is either people that I have found through social media, friends and family. Uh, Anna Podolborna, <laughs> who made that gorgeous, you could see on the crack and the beautiful um, uh, mermaid uh, concept piece is by Anna Podedvorna, who is known for her work on The Witcher games. And she's been, you know, torn apart by various gaming studios as a concept <laughs> artist. Yeah, so it's an amazing team. I'm super excited to work with them. But the important thing is I want them all to get paid. And yeah. artists deserve to get paid. Nobody except for myself is going to be working for free on this project. I want people to get what they are worth. They are talented, they're incredible, and their efforts need to be rewarded. And that's why I'm doing the campaign. That's awesome. I think it is very important to make sure the entire creative team is, is taken care of and paid. Far too often you see uh, people when they go to promote their, their work, they forget the creative team. They forget to shut out the creative team. And I, I love that you are placing such a huge emphasis on doing that and making sure that not only are you letting everyone know who's involved, but they're getting paid for their work too. Yes. And what's really fun is, as I said, I've dreamed about this for 10 years. And I think the main difference, if I had made the film 10 years ago, is I would have probably killed myself trying to do everything myself. Because that's <laughs> what 20-some-year-olds do. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because they don't know better. But as you grow older, I was like, I want to rely on a team. I want to... <sighs> 
I want to realize that I'm not the best person at everything. I feel I'm good at animation. I'm not the best background artist. I'm not mm -hmm. amazing at layouts. I'm a terrible writer. I'm awful at writing. <laughs> uh, so, you know, there are certain areas where you just have to ask for the help. And also just the experience of working with these powerful individuals is that they have ideas. They have their own experiences. They're adding so much to the film and it's making it stronger and better and even more exciting just to have her input. So yes, to shouting out your team members were incredible. Absolutely. We have our good friends, Nerds and Mr. Moonrock over on Twitch, uh, jumping in to hype up the chat. Thank you two for joining us. Now the art in this is just so visually striking. Can you give us a little bit of some of the inspiration that went into it? Sure. So as I said, I'm a Polish immigrant. Uh, I know everybody or most people are aware of the Art Nouveau movement. It was, you know, the inspiration for the elves of Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Gustav Klimt from The Kiss is part of Art Nouveau. And so is Alphonse Mucha with his beautiful Art Nouveau posters. But my country, Poland, had its own Art Nouveau and it was called Młoda Polska or Young Poland. And not a lot of people know about it. It's a very like it's a very famous movement in Poland itself, but it never got that kind of global international clout like some of the other artists did from that era so this these images are kind of a mood board from that movement for some beautiful artists there Vespiański, Vitrukowski, Mehofer. nobody can pronounce your name that's fine you don't need to yeah you're, you're saying it and I'm like thank god you are because I would not even get close this one right here just is so gorgeous of the man standing in it, what looks light, like everything yes oh my goodness like I'm just having such a hard time not getting like sucked into all of this art right now isn't it beautiful? And so the pastel drawings at the bottom, like so the, the mother with the child, the girl with a bow in her hair, um, this is done by Vespiansky. And what I love about it is it's very graphic. You know, it's very modern. So this is for early 1900s. And I feel like his work especially is kind of um, inspiring the look of Serenka because I want it to almost look like a pastel drawing. But I love the pattern, you know, the pattern on her sleeves, on the dress is very, very kind of graphic designy. And so if you watch the clip of Serenka uh, that we did in color, on her tail, there's a beautiful watercolor texture, but mm -hmm. it's an overlay and it's staying still in the background while she kind of swims over it. So that's going to be another like fun little visual uh, quirk of my film that all the characters are going to have this beautiful pattern on their clothing or the mermaid on her tail, but it's going to like stay still. There's one Japanese film that did it before. I mm -hmm. keep forgetting the title of the film, but it's really cool. So the characters move, but the pattern stays in the same spot. You know, I'm trying to think, uh, what was it? Chowder on uh, Cartoon Network does something like that too. I think where they uh, have like, it's drawn, but every time they move, like that pattern stays still. It's such a cool uh, texture. Yeah, I think that's, yes. that's right. You're right. Yeah, so that's what I'm going for. But the patterns are going to be hand painted in watercolors. So wow. It's gonna yeah. Susanna Komza, my friend, uh, she's an amazing watercolor artist. She's also going to be, uh, she is painting the poster. Mm -hmm. uh, for for the for the campaign, so a few of her rewards are like either a beautiful physical print of her poster or a digital download, and it's going to be gorgeous, all hand painted in watercolor. And she's also hired to do all the patterns for all the characters, so each character will have her own distinctive, beautiful watercolor pattern. You uh you mentioned a video. Was that the trailer at the top? So if you go into the trailer at the top, uh, there's like a little video interview with me. Uh, but at some point, I don't know, you can keep the volume off of it, but at some point I do show the, um, the, the mermaid 
Oh, right there. Uh, swimming. It should be. Yeah, there she is. You got it <laughs> right away. Oh, and here, yeah, here's some of the the previous animation yes, works and so too. That's Jasper. Everybody can get to know Jasper from Brian Kesinger. And here's the beautiful mermaid swimming. Oh, that is gorgeous too. Isn't it nice? So yeah, so that's the test shot we did. And as you can see on my animation table behind me, there's original drawings from the film. And one of the rewards is that you can buy an original drawing. I'm a huge nerd and I collect original animation drawings. I'm going to show you guys my <laughs> office for a second. Like Hold on up one there, second. We'll go ahead and zoom you in too. Yeah, there we go. There's some original drawings, including a Robin oh, Wally by John Lonesbury. And then there's some actual original 1930s drawings. There's one from uh, The Flame and the Fly, which is a 1938, I think, short. And I have a beautiful drawing from Fantasia 2000, Rhapsody in Blue. And at the very end there is the only drawing I own from Cuphead because all the drawings are the property of Studio MDHR. And mm -hmm. that drawing was actually a throwaway. So I fucked up the key because it was in the wrong place. So it was like a, a drawing you throw away. But I kept it in the drawer somewhere. <laughs> and that is my only Cuphead drawing that I actually own. So there you go. And so here we have, um, you know, photos of the various movements around the world fighting for women's rights and equality. And so I want Serenica to be a kind of symbol of that fight because she is a warrior mermaid. She's a warrior woman. And, you know, I think we all need to stand up and help each other to not go back to the Stone yeah. Ages and not take so many steps backwards and go out and vote. My God, <laughs> like, yes, yes. that's also so important. So we actually have some uh, closer looks at the character model right here from them. Yeah, right here. Such yeah, a powerful so look. So this is a beautiful concept piece by Yasmin uh, Kirush. And Yasmin is in Morocco. I met her through a friend of a friend. She's a very young concept artist just starting out in the industry. And her work is glorious. By the way, if you go to serencafilm.com, I can put it um, in the chat actually. Film.com. There's a whole tab with the entire team, and if you click on their names, you can see their portfolios. So you can see Anna Podorvorna's work, you can see Yasmin's work, and her work is glorious. So I reached out, and she was super excited, and she's doing all the character character designs for the film. So uh, my kind of I used her designs as a kind of jumping off point. Obviously, my style is slightly different than hers, so the the character evolves but she is the one creating the beautiful design. So this is uh, the model sheet for Serenka, the, the mermaid. And then if you go down a little bit, there's another main character right here. So here we go. The other main character is called Kinga and she is a bar matron. So she, uh, this is really interesting. In the past uh, in, in Poland, women could own property, which is not the same in a lot of medieval <laughs> places in Europe. Uh, so Kinga is a bar owner and she's, you know, maybe in her mid forties, She's very powerful, very stoic, but also um, kind of has accepted through, you know, uh, years and years and years the kind of surrounding sexism that like is being upheld by the patriarchy of her world. Mm -hmm. And she's kind of gotten used to it and she no longer feels like she needs to fight it because she's just accepted it. And so the mermaid is kind of a symbol of, you know, the call to action that we can't just sit back and let things happen. We can't just, you know, turn a blind eye when there's abuse, when, you know, women's rights are being taken away, we need to stand up and fight. So you have that to contrast between the two characters. I love that. For everyone that is watching and listening, I just dropped the link to serenkafil.com for you to check out and look at all that art in its glory. 
Now, let's go ahead and check out some of these reward tiers. I mean, Ooh. right off the, the rip, we have the Water Baby, your name on the website with a uh, with two HD desktop wallpapers at $10. Yes. And then we have the, the Mermary, uh, your name on the website, the, the wallpaper. And then a dig this is where you get the digital download of the film. Yeah, just 20, for 20 bucks. bucks. And yeah, you that's get the film. So obviously, <laughs> uh, you're going to have to wait a little bit to get that reward because, uh, as I said, I still work full time in the industry. I'm hoping. Uh, to get enough funds to pay all my team members mm -hmm. uh, but i might have to be doing all the animation on my free time so we're hoping for 2025 to have the film completely finished and in 2025 if you give 20 dollars or more you will get the film as a download after it's completed its festival run but before anybody else sees it online so where it's going to go to festivals hopefully you'll have a lot of screenings live and maybe if it's in your country you can go see it there mm -hmm. uh, but then you will get the download right away before it's actually available to the wider public absolutely and then we have the siren at 20 bucks more and this will get you all the previous digital rewards and then two original versions of uh i i'm not gonna be able to pronounce <laughs> that <laughs> or oe river um so this is really exciting to me so most mermaids and legends sing they're very vocal uh, they're called sirens for a reason and in the original version the, the mermaid does sing and so i wanted my mermaid to sing as well and i found an ancient polish ballad that's copyright free because it's oh so that's old. awesome and i have an amazing singer called sylvia zelek who is a soloist in poland and the songs are going to be in Polish, but the, the dialogue is going to be in English because I want it to be understood by a very wide audience, but the song is going to be in Polish. So she's singing two original versions of it. We're actually going to record with her on May 10th. So coming up, oh, I'm that's flying cool. to Poland next Monday. <laughs> and um, I'm actually going to like do a live video. I'm going to like record her. I'm going to share it all with you guys as we go to a studio and record her singing the mermaid's siren song. And so $40 will get you that. And of course, um, I have amazing, um, um, amazing composer, uh, Mariana Caligari, who's gonna, who is Italian Brazilian, but she's currently living in LA and mm -hmm. she's going to compose the beautiful music for the entire film. So that's going to be included as well. You know, and there's something about, you know, hearing a song in its native language that it just you, you it's, it's really rare that you can replicate that in another one, you know? It has that, like, so Polish, like Slavic languages in general have a very specific twang and um, their folk songs are very specific as well. I find them really haunting and really, you know, really beautiful. So mm -hmm. I do want to share you know, the art style for my country. I want to share the, the music, the language. So, you know, aside from the feminist message, this is kind of my love song to my culture. Um, and so I do want to share that with everybody out there. That's awesome. Then we have the next tier up, the Selkie. Uh, for 10 bucks more, at 50 bucks is going to get you all the previous digital rewards and then a signed physical copy of the script. So you get a chance to kind of see what went into writing this 2D animation film. I think that's awesome as well. Uh, also, yes. a big thing, if you're trying to get into creating 2D animation films, seeing how the it was created from the script is like a huge learning tool. Absolutely. And uh, so Zarin Darnell Martin, who is an amazing actress and also my script writer, is going to be signing the copies as well. And uh, she writes so beautifully. And as I said, I am not a writer. And, you know, one of the things that... I encourage everybody who's doing their own personal project. If you're an animator, if you're creative, but you're not a writer, reach out to a writer to help <laughs> you write the script. Uh, it's worth it. It really is. So it's a beautiful reward. I hope people get it. And then at 75, we have the, the Kelpie, which is going to get you all the previous rewards, a digital download of the official poster, and then a digital download of the art book as well. 
Yes. So I'm so excited to make my own art book. I have, you know, so many art books all over my office. I'm so, so thrilled and inspired when I look through them. And so we're definitely going to make a, a glorious art book showing all that work in progress, all the development sketches, uh, all my shit sketches that I do before animation. <laughs> Uh, we're also hoping uh, I have my first casting. I'm going to hopefully make an announcement soon. My first voice casting for the voice actors. Oh, let's go. Oh, I know. And what's really <laughs> lovely is um, this is something I've never experienced in my professional career. And I hope you guys know this back in the day in like the, the glorious Disney days, they would actually hire live action animators to act out certain key scenes for the animators so they can see how the characters interact how the mm -hmm. actors what kind of acting choices they're making and the animators would use that as inspiration to do their animations which made them so much stronger as kind of like time went on we're always using ourselves as you know references because we're free we can use mm -hmm. our phones now we can record reference however i have several male characters in my film one of which is an old man I am not an old man <laughs> and you know sometimes like you can try and move like that character and you can do your best but you're not going to quite get that flavor so my hope and goal is to record my voice actors as well for reference for the actual animation that is so cool though because it adds like that that another human element to it too right uh precisely yes so that's so cool all that, i'm super super thrilled and i hopefully wait for the announcement for my first casting um for one of my actors uh they said yes so once the contract is signed and i know for sure i'll be making an announcement and sharing my first first casting for the voices let's go congratulations on that where's the best place for uh, anyone listening to find that announcement at Ooh, okay, so we have all the socials. Um, if you look at syrincafilm.com, the website, there's a little bar and it has every single social you can ever want. So there's Instagram, <laughs> there's Facebook, there's Twitter. I'm updating every single one of them daily. And so if you follow any one of those, you will get all the news. Awesome, awesome. So the next one up, we have the Ruskulka. Uh, sorry if I, I pronounce uh, butchered that pronunciation. That'll get you all the digital uh, rewards. The poster print, 18 by 20, and then a series of six prints, uh, sizes four by four by five, and then four by six as well. Yes. So it's uh, it's a lovely series of prints. It's uh, some concept pieces by uh, my concept artist Yasmin. You have that beautiful watercolor texture painted by Susanna Comza, and then a series of sketches of like development sketches I did of Serenka. And so those prints are nice and cute, they're nice and small, and you can put them wherever. We also have the beautiful, you know, full size. It's gonna be on matte paper because it's a watercolor uh, painting, the actual poster. So it's gonna be like all juicy and matte and beautiful. So if you want the poster, please choose that one. And then the next one's awesome. At 250, you get a one hour long one on one online mentorship with Tina. Uh, and this is something big if you're trying to get into 2D animation, right? Uh, what, what's all involved with this one on one talk? Ooh, this is great. So I try my best to take some time every year and do some online workshops. Uh, I usually accept 25 people into those. And, you know, uh, it's a lot of people, so I try and give everybody one-on-one -on -one feedback, but you have to kind of rush through it, right? Because mm -hmm. you're, you're constrained on time and they're so awesome and usually we have so many questions. So I'm offering this one, you know, for like the young artist who's just trying to get into the industry or even a, a, an artist that wants to pivot. Let's say you're a 3D animator, you want to go back into 2D, you want me to look at your portfolio, I'm going to give you tips and tricks on how I approach animation. I do draw overs, so if you bring me your work, I can like draw over them, we can discuss. 
And some people, you know, have um, reached out to me for mentorships in the past just to talk about the industry, to talk about what they're going through, um, to kind of uh, compare notes, to know what to expect, to mm -hmm. ask for advice. And as I said, I am a witch. Uh, I look younger than I am. <laughs> I have 16 years of like labor and toil in this industry. So please, if you're excited about that, if you want a portfolio review, if you want to chat with me, if you want to establish that rapport, you know, the Circe is the way to go. And, you know, you could YouTube stuff all you want, but 16 years of, of just experience of just working. Yeah, you can't YouTube that, right? I mean, there's there's some tips and tricks you're going to know that people who are on YouTube probably haven't even heard of. We're all different, too. And I keep telling that to a bunch of young people that try and get as many mentors as you possibly can. I actually got the most out of taking online courses with different uh, animators that I admire. So my favorite mentor is an animator called Samantha Youssef, and she uh, published a book called Movement and Form, which is about drawing from life and how to help that kind of help that analyzing mm -hmm. go into your animation. And I took mentorships with her. I took all her classes and I've learned so much just by kind of like latching on to because her system worked for me and so my system might work for you and you might get a lot out of it but again it might not you might have to go and you know find other people and see if their approach is better for you because there's no one way to art mm -hmm. there's no one way to animate there's <laughs> many ways and obviously my system works for me and it might also work for you and then we have another interesting one right here the cup connoisseur so you get 1930s character animation drawing signed by tina one pencil used in animating cuphead five 1930 style character color prints and then a four sticker pack featuring 1930 style characters so that is so awesome as well and then how many pencils did you think you, you went through uh when uh working on cuphead this is it this is all of them i don't i've never <laughs> counted we could like have like one of those jelly bean jar contests to see how many pencils there are but uh, so this this layer is from cuphead and this layer is from Cuphead DLC. Um, so if you get the Cuphead <laughs> store, I'm going to go down to the bottom layer to make sure you get one on the original game. That is so awesome, though. And th that looks like a lot of pencils. You said there was, you said uh, over 9,000 pages you drew? Yeah, that's for the first game. Wow. So, uh, and then I worked two years on DLC, so that's a lot of pencils. There's also this like teeny tiny nub of an eraser in there, which is like I used up a whole eraser at some point. So yeah. And, and then, so the drawing is one of my original 1930s drawings. You get, you know, you get to put it up on your wall and then mm -hmm. you get a series of awesome uh, color 1930s character prints. And I also started making stickers. So you'll also get stickers on that one. And then we have three heavy hitting tiers left. The Water Witch, so you get all the previous digital rewards. Uh, poster print, 18 by 20, the six prints, uh, two concept art prints. Uh, a poster print and then original animation drawing of Swimming uh, Mermaid signed by Tina. Uh, so what's that original uh, animation drawing looking like? Is that just like a sketch uh, from so, it? Or? So it's from, so I can actually bring them out. Give me one second. Yep, yep. <laughs> so you can see the original, what it looks like. I'm going to bring out a few of them. So when I animate on my animation table, I animate on these large, large drawings. Here we go. And so these are, you know, they were flipped. This is the, the kind of at one shot that you just saw mm -hmm. uh, go by. And so every single drawing in here is available for sale. Um, and if you buy that tier, I will sign it for you and you can put it up on your wall and you can have a little piece of history in the first <laughs> test shot of my short film. That is so awesome. So I got to ask though, like 
what goes into creating all the the underwater air bubbles? That that just seems like there'd be so many you would have to draw in. Yes. So um, again, this is one of those things that I can do it myself, but it's not my specialty. So uh, 2D VFX is a thing. A lot of people are amazing at it, uh, and it's actually kind of had a huge resurgence. I don't know if you know League of Legends, but all the VFX in League of Legends are hand drawn. They're not 3D particle systems. I never knew that. That is. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah. And so there are many amazing artists out there who specialize in 2D VFX. I am uh, collaborating with Sonia Fursova, who is a Ukrainian, um, who is currently still in Ukraine, and she's working online. And she does beautiful, glorious 2D VFX. And she did the bubbles for my test shot. There's going to be a few very epic shots in the film with a lot of water, a lot of stuff mm -hmm. going on. Um, and so she's going to be animating all that for me. And I'm super excited to see what she does. Because I tried to study a little bit about previous stuff. I think uh, The Little Mermaid, uh, the when they did the cell animation, it was like a, one million air bubbles they had to draw throughout the course of the film. So I was, I was wondering, I'm like, man, this seems like it would take years just to nail that out. <laughs> it, it is, but like there's something about 2D VFX. Like if you go back to Fantasia 2000, the Firebird sequence, Oh my God, it's so gorgeous. <laughs> and it's all hand-drawn. Every single frame of those gorgeous lava and fire and everything, it's all beautiful hand-drawn animation. So I have a, a special love for 2D VFX, and I'm so honored that Sonia has found the time to say that she'll work on my film. And I'm especially excited for that, you know, that end money shot where the, the climax mm -hmm. of the film and it's going to have all the VFX everywhere and it's going to be amazing. There's going to be water and clouds and smoke and electricity and it's going to be great. <laughs> At 500, we have the Rubber Hose Radical. So a custom commission drawing of a 1930 style character of your choice one pencil used in animating Cuphead, five small 1930 style character prints, and then the four sticker pack as well. So what type of character? Is it anything that they want from the 1930s or? Anything, so you can you can ask for, uh, you know, a, a classic character, you know, I can draw Popeye or whatever you want. Mm -hmm. It could be you as a cup, a Sona, people call it, you know. Oh, that like would be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it could be you as a 1930s characters if you don't want to be a cop, if you just want to be a random character. We can definitely work on that. Um, it could be one of the characters that I've animated in the past. I can draw you that one if you're a huge fan of the Cuphead games. Whatever you want, I will do it. I will draw it for you. And the thing is, like, we'll work together. So I'll, I'll draw a few rough sketches. And once you decide, I'll make you a beautiful, finished, on animation, personal drawing. And of course, you will get all the other fun, fun little things. And Rubber Hose Radical, you'll get all the Serenka digital downloads as well. So you'll get all the film perks. It's all included, uh, but you'll get that kind of fun 1930s character as well. That's awesome. And then we have the heavy hitter, the Kraken. So all digital rewards, a physical signed copy of the script, series of six small Serenka prints, two concept art prints, 11 by 17, the poster print at 18 by 20, and then Bill Prida <laughs> oh, as executive producer. Yes, and we I, I actually didn't think anybody would go for the Kraken, which is, I, it was my, so my producer, Felicity Mormon, Moreland, I was like, we should have this. There are people who love art, who want to support art. 
and you know they they want to back this as an executive producer and i'm like nobody's gonna do that and we already have one yep. <laughs> so one kraken has been sold um i'm super thrilled and honored to have them be such a huge support to the film and they absolutely deserve the executive producer credit um, there are two more of those up for grabs and so um i will have three executive producers who it, with their amazing donation will support the creation of a film and they will have her name up on screen and I will be forever grateful and it's going to be awesome. And to have your name on screen, I mean, that is uh, an experience within itself, right? Yes. And, you know, you're a supporter of the arts. Uh, there are people out there who who love independent creatives and want to support them. And if if you have that kind of monetary, monetary freedom, that you have that kind of money lying around and you want to, you know, make this film a reality, then then this is it, you know, you can you can have your name up there and I will be so happy. Absolutely. So after going through all of these tiers, everyone right here is the link to check this out and back. And like I said, if you can't back, put this wherever you can. Word of mouth is 100% free. Uh, share, Tina, share I gotta, everywhere. I gotta, I gotta ask you, after going through that, for anyone who might be on the fence about backing, what would you like to say to them to kind of help push them over that fence? So we all buy cups of coffee for $5 almost every day. Please just like, you know, skip that one cup and support mermaids, support feminism, support 2D animation. And I think to me, and I keep kind of yelling about this, is that in this world today with a writer's strike, with AI, which I think is extremely unethical, the way it's stolen art and is trained on stolen art, we need to support each other. Like actual physical human artists mm -hmm. need to support and uphold every time in the past that I've seen a 2D or just an independent film uh, on Indiegogo, on Kickstarter or on any crowdfunding platform. I always donated, even if I was broke at the time, I would donate a little bit because I was like, yes, yes to passion projects. <laughs> yes to upholding other artists. So please find it in your heart um, to support my film. I will be posting so many updates so you can be a part of the process. You can see how it's moving forward. And then of course, one day it will be at festivals, maybe in your city, in which case you could go sit in a cinema and watch it. Or if not, it's gonna be living happily forevermore on the internet. Also note that this is a 2D animated short, which means I will get zero profit. <laughs> like there's no way I can make money off of this. It's art for art's sake. And I'm making it because I love this and I believe in it and I believe in the message. Absolutely. So we, we talked a little bit uh, kind of how you're going to be working. I think 2025 uh, is the expected release. I mean, what other projects do you think you're going to be working on in the meantime? So I, as I said, I'm working for two awesome video game studios. I can't tell you much more about those games <laughs> yet. They're, they're both 2D animated, which is thrilling to me. And mm -hmm. they're very different, very different themes, and they're both delicious and delightful and exciting. And I can't wait to tell you about those. I'm also sometimes working on small, tiny independent projects. I, I helped out on an independent short. Uh, once that's coming out, I'll also be uh, yelling about that because I'm super excited about it. It's another passion project from another creative that I had the honor of supporting. Uh, I also recently, um, Little Yachty had a concert. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and Little Yachty reached out uh, to me and another Cuphead animator, Joseph Coleman, and we animated a 1930s owl uh, <laughs> with Drake's voice, because Drake left him like a voicemail. Mm -hmm. And so we animated this owl uh, talking like Drake. 
That's so cool. You can see it on YouTube. It's there, <laughs> like little Yachty owl, and you'll find it. <laughs> so we did that. <laughs> so I do a lot of random stuff. As long as it's 2D animation, I'm down and super excited about it. That is so cool. So before we wrap up the show, I always love ending on two strong notes, and that's asking, you know, we start with a little bit of advice and then what you're consuming. So with that being said, for anyone looking to get started with just entering the field of 2D animation, what would be your biggest piece of advice to them to kind of help them along that journey? Ooh, so one thing, definitely don't only draw cartoons, always go back to realism. So go out, do some model drawing, uh, do cafe sketching, watch people be super fucking creepy. Just like <laughs> watch, watch people. Uh, because the way we move is so different. And so like being one of those creepy people and like watching how people move. I do this really weird thing that if somebody has a cool walk, I'll like turn around and start following them at a safe distance. <laughs> like a like... newspaper, Tina's behind like a newspaper with a hat, just like. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> <laughs> just to see how they walk and then I write notes. Um, so yeah, be creepy, watch people, uh, go to model drawing, do realism. But then for your real, I love seeing uh, animated walks. If you can animate walks, that's really cool. That's really exciting. It shows a lot about your strengths. So do a lot of cycles, do some runs, do some walks for not very long animations, but they're great things to add to an animation reel. That's some awesome advice. So like I said, we always like talking about what you're consuming outside of creating. So video games, TV shows, movies, you know, comics, what, what are you reading? What are you watching? Oh, I'm so weird. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I do, I do love watching, um, you know, animation on my free time. Definitely. I love the animations from Cartoon Saloon. So I watched all of those. Uh, I do love some of the Pixar movies. So I watch those as well. Uh, when it comes to reading, I'm reading really odd things. So I like reading uh, documentary type books. Mm -hmm. And right now I'm reading one about um, Egypt's golden couple, uh, Akhenaten and Nefertiti, when they were gods on earth. <laughs> it's about ancient Egypt. Um, so I'm reading that one, which is lots of fun. Um, and when it comes to TV shows, uh, my dog, Appa, who's right there, everybody, he's like chilling in the window. I love how lax he is too, just chilling. <laughs> so my dog, Appa, he's named after Appa from Avatar The Last Airbender, if anybody knows that show. Mm -hmm. Um, so he loves murder mysteries for some godforsaken reason. So we watch a lot of murder mysteries. We watch Agatha Christie's Poirot. We watch Midsummer Murders. We watch uh, Death in Paradise. We watch any kind of like stereotypical, you know, murder mystery type show. So a lot of those. He has to study up in case anyone tries breaking in. He has to know how to clean up afterwards. So yeah, <laughs> with that being said, it is time for us to wrap up. Everyone right there is the link to check it out. I hope you all have a lovely Wednesday. Most importantly, guys, keep it geekly.